0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. There's, been a, there's a switch on the front of my microphone. It's, it says pad, and one setting is negative 10 dB, and one is zero. For the past three weeks, my microphone has been too quiet, and I've had no idea why. And in the seconds... Preceding this, I just found that little switch and, ah, it and all is fixed.
1: I had the same problem when I was recording Still Buff because I used that mic. Yes, yes, that makes sense now. The, the I just long thought... nightmare is over <laughs> with us
0: audio professionals. <laughs> I just
1: thought Riley was really loud. So wow, I'd never noticed how loud my sister is. Uh, Justin, I got an interesting email that that inspired this week's topic. brag. We are what.
0: You got an interesting email. It's just like, well, I mean, Sawbones did.
1: Sawbones the show did. So you got it as well. It's just, I'm the one who checks them. I gotcha. Uh, literally I have to forward emails to Justin's other email account for him to read them because I I feel like I am solely responsible. I feel
0: I'm a digital professional and have been so for the past 15 years. I feel it's important for one person to have dominion over uh-huh. each email address, or else you're going to lose things. That things will slip between the cracks. Did I read that? Did I not read that? Well, it's respond? me. Did I not respond? The, yes, Sydney has volunteered in this case to add it to one the invisible
1: who, work of women. But it's our uh, invisible work that we are unappreciated for. Yes.
0: Now that's not fair because I make Griffin read my brother, my brother, and me, and Travis read the Adventure Zone email. So the, it is spread around very evenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dan reads the empty bowl emails. But other than that Are I mean, there any
1: more podcasts you do you'd like to plug or
0: I'm just plugging the fact <laughs> that I don't read the emails. So There's just to be a bit. That's the bit, is that I make everybody uh-huh. else read the emails.
1: Can I tell you about the email now? Yeah. Uh, I guess. I got an email from Ashley who asked if doctors really do pledge an oath to Apollo. Is that what the Hippocratic Oath is? Are we are we actually like swearing to Apollo or pledging to Apollo? Like God of the Sun, Apollo. Is that true? Well, I had to stop after I read that email and think, did I? Did
0: I? <laughs> did I do that? If Apollo came to my door and was like, uh, Sydney, <laughs> I need a ride to the mall. You Would pledged you, an
1: oath to you me. You pledged an oath
0: to me. I need $30. Would you have to?
1: Uh, well, that's what I thought. You know, I've read the Hippocratic Oath many times in reference to various things on the show and about Hippocrates. But I, I, I couldn't remember what oath did I do and was it that one and it had some wax stuff in it so probably not so anyway thank you Ashley and also Elise and Logan and Lee who have also suggested this topic because I thought we would dig a little bit into what the Hippocratic Oath is and what doctors actually do or don't do today because it's it's changed uh it's changed
0: it's changed yes now this is a surprise to me because you think Hippocratic Oath. Well, one, oaths are like oaths. You, right. sh- you can't just like make one up. And Hippocratic, that fool was around hundreds of years Hippocratic? ago. Hi- Hippocratic? Hippocrates mm-hmm. was around. Hippocratic
1: now. and Socrates. Hi-
0: Hippocrates was <laughs> around hundreds <laughs> of years ago. Plateau. Um, okay. Is this the kind of episode it's going to be where you're just going to be giving me static the whole time? That's fine. I don't even care, Sydney.
1: 400 BCE. That's when... Supposedly, So, yeah,
0: hundreds, tens of hundreds of years ago.
1: Uh, Supposedly. Although, you know, there's been debate over whether was it really Hippocrates? Was it sort of like a group effort, like physicians who studied under Hippocrates, like part of the Hippocratic school? Uh, Was it something that was done after him? Maybe like in his honor, but after he had already died. There's a lot of debate about this. And I'll get into some of the reason there's debate is some of the stuff that's in it that doesn't seem to jive exactly with the rest of the Hippocratic corpus, like the rest of his body of works. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff that, you know, mm, I don't know if this makes total sense. Now, it was, it, it, it was in line with Hippocrates in the sense that he approached medicine from a very holistic point of view, right? The idea right. that it's not like there's a thing, there's an issue on this arm and here is the thing that goes on this arm that treats that thing for arms whatever the idea that like the whole person was the mm-hmm. patient okay they i know what you're going to say i know where we're going with this okay that you can't treat the you can't treat a disease that patch
0: says <laughs> patch says you treat the treat you treat the disease you win that you lose you treat the person you win every time. Coming to theaters this fall, Patch Justin McElroy stars <laughs> in The Patch Adams, a remake of the original Patch Adams.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: mm-hmm. Generation's, his generation's Robin Williams, Justin McElroy, takes on these big floppy shoes and that hilarious stethoscope with the...
1: Was it a hilarious stethoscope? I it think makes, it was just a regular... It, every time you put it on
0: their chest, it makes I fart noises.
1: Normal stethoscope. Every time you
0: put it on their chest, it makes fart noises.
1: The nose was the thing.
0: Yeah, but every time you put it on their chest, it makes fart noises. That that's, w- the, that's in the new one.
1: That's my nightmare. Yeah. By the way, if I go to the bad place when I die, it will be I'll have to use a stethoscope that makes fart noises all the time.
0: <laughs> well, it's tested, it's tested very well with audiences in the Patch Adams, starring Justin McElroy, So we're we're probably going to leave that bit in. Sorry.
1: So anyway, the so that that general idea that there there is something special about about medicine, about the medical art, about being a physician in terms of how you relate to your patient, that idea is very in line with Hippocrates. And that's what the oath speaks to, right? The idea that this isn't just about like oh, you have a sore throat, here's the pill for sore throat, bye. It's how are you feeling? How is this affecting you? What Mm -hmm. is it doing to your life? How can I help improve all of that? Mm -hmm. And that's a much higher Calling, so to speak, then what is the thing that treats this illness? Does mm-hmm. that make
0: sense? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So the original oath, and I don't want to read the entire thing. I, I want to kind of you If can, you read
0: it out loud, that's binding. Then you've, I've taken you've it, overwritten your last oath.
1: <laughs> the original oath. I want to kind of go through some of the the points of it that make it. Uh, you probably will guess have been changed in today's world. First of all, it does start off. I swear by Apollo, physician, by Asclepius, by Hygieia, by Panacea. So it's not just Apollo. You're you're swearing by a lot of gods there. Right. So, yes, that is that is true. Now, I will say that I am ninety nine point nine percent certain I did not say that.
0: <laughs> you would remember all that, right?
1: I have I have looked up I have tried to Google what my medical school which oath they took. I was
0: just look, I was looking I was going to look for your uh, I thought I filmed your induction, but I think I was thinking of my cousin Megan, who I filmed her induction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I think
0: you're right. I remember that it's basically the same thing. Although, yeah. wouldn't it be the same now that I think about it? It
1: was well, it should have been the same. I mean, well, med schools it. have changed over time, but they most have like kind of picked one and stuck with it.
0: I swear by. Okay.
1: Uh and by all the gods and goddesses. Actually that's the next part. So you're swearing by all the what gods waste and goddesses. Time? I uh, swear by I'll, here. I'm going to edit
0: uh, on the fly. I swear by all the gods and goddesses.
1: There you go. You don't need to name any. But they name the important ones. Yeah, I guess. Uh so some of the things you're swearing to do. So here's your oath. First of all, you're going to hold your teacher in this art equal to your parents. So like whoever teaches you medicine is like your new your medicine medicine dad. medicine dad or medicine mom him, either way. Medicine not back parent. Then. Not back then. Well, yeah. Uh, when he is in need of money to share mine with him, <laughs> what? Yeah, if I'm learning medicine uh, oh, from hey. somebody and they need money,
0: Hey, Hippocrates. It's Dan. <laughs> the medical teacher, listen. Can you slide? I got a lot of. want you slide in? For can you see? Me?
1: Do you know how much trouble I'd get in if I started hitting up my medical students and residents for can, money? Can you just put, a line, so in there. put a line? That'd be in so there. wrong. That'd be so wrong.
0: Put a line there about like if your teach is hard up for cash, you're just gonna slide them twenty drama. Now,
1: on the flip side, it you pledge to teach your art without fee.
0: Um, well, yeah, well, that's so why your medicine, that's why your teacher
1: needs is, money. This is a problem um, and obviously has been changed in modern modern versions, because as you may or may not know, medical school is really expensive. Yeah. So we definitely charge medical students, I would say, as a former medical student, too much yeah. to be a doctor. Uh, I will use treatment to help with sick, according to my ability and judgment. Yep. that's good. Don't do injury. No wrongdoing. Uh, I will not administer poison. That's good.
0: Oh, uh, um, well, actually, you know, I bet y'all, y'all can't do that anymore, though, right? No, I mean, because... so like chemotherapy. Right,
1: that has that has toxicity, but also benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously things are more nuanced than, than this. And especially the next two sections speak to, one, that you will never uh, cause an abortion, and two, that you will never, what they say, uh, use the knife. Basically, they're saying, I won't do surgery.
0: Mm. Now, is that because it was a different... Um,
1: it was different. Surgery was more of like a mm, so, trade, like a skill. So this is more like I'll stay in my lane. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like I'll do the things I know how to do, but it also specifically prohibits abortion. And two, th- these are two of the reasons why people have debated over whether. Hippocrates actually wrote this, just to kind of get into that. Other places in in Hippocrates' writings, he talks about how to do surgeries. Specifically, they mention on sufferers from stone, they're talking about like kidney stones or bladder stones here, Uh and they say, like, I will not cut for the stone is another quote you'll hear. Uh Well, he describes how to do that. So it seems weird that he would take it, have you take an oath never to do it and then also describe how to do it. Mm -hmm. I think the idea that stay in your lane is part of this, sure, but it's a weird Yeah. It's a weird phrase. Same, same with abortion. He actually describes how to do one hmm. in, uh, in another place in his writings, without any sort of like commentary on whether or not you should. And so it it seems weird that then that would be put in the oath that you shouldn't later. So that's yeah. why I part. That's part of why people debate. Like, was this added later, maybe, and wasn't somebody trying to make a point? Yeah. Wow. Um, he says that. Uh, into whatever houses you enter you will not do any wrongdoing or harm uh you will not abuse the bodies of man or woman bond or free part of this is is that i won't have sex with my patients Hmm. that's part of what is is being spoken to that part stays the same throughout all oaths pretty much seems sound most oaths you take say don't don't do it with your patients, please, 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 doctors. And he also says, whatever I shall see or hear in the course of my profession, as well as outside my profession and my intercourse with men, if it be what should not be published abroad, I will never divulge holding such things to be holy secrets. Now, I so, thought we
0: weren't supposed to have sex with our patients. And he's talking <laughs> about having. Ha-ha.
1: Ha-ha-ha. So patient privacy right there from okay. the from the jump. The things I learn, I will. I will. And obviously that is still true to this day. And then there's a part about if I carry out this oath, I will get a great reputation, and if I break it and forswear myself, may the opposite befall me. So, people will say bad things about me if I break my oath is basically what that says. And I'll deserve it because I knew what I was doing. (laughs) So, as I have alluded to, there are some things in there that don't hold up in today's modern medical world. Um, And there are some things that, again, do not seem to fall in line with even what we really understood of Hippocrates or the Hippocratic tradition of medicine. The the fact that it has kind of a religious tone, you know, it has mm-hmm. like this sacred, holy calling feel to mm-hmm. it. Even that is a little contradictory to what we really think about, especially if, if we look at Galen, who kind of followed in the Hippocratic tradition. Mm-hmm. The, it's a lot more pragmatic. It's a lot more about... We've learned all these things that can help people feel better, but it's not I was I'm doing it because of a sacred trust. It's I'm doing it because I learned how and I'm good at it. Right. And so I I do the right things because why would you do the wrong things? I want to be good at my job. Does that you know, like that kind of difference. So it's. It's debatable either way. Was it Hippocrates? Was it his followers? Was it some people who sort of followed Hippocrates, but also wanted to make their own points, had their own spin on it? And has it changed over time? Because the oath obviously dates back to ancient history, but it wasn't used for all time. Mm-hmm. It it was really rediscovered in the 1500s. So what happened between 400 BCE and the, you know, in 1500 CE that's
0: a bunch of people out there, oathless doctors, making it up as they went along. Doing
1: whatever they wanted. Uh, German scholars translated it in the 1500s, and, uh, and basically they, they kind of took some parts of it, but it was really adapted to, like, Christianity. That was the overriding value system that it was adapted into. So then when you start wondering, it, did Hippocrates really write all this? You have to start wondering when it was translated and adopted, Mm -hmm. were changes made at some point. I'm not suggesting they were, nobody is, but I mean, you know, you have to wonder if stuff doesn't fit, where were these, where did these ideas come from? Um, In the 1700s, it was translated into English and other languages, and it really became, that's when we start to see it become associated with medicine more and more, Mm -hmm. and you start seeing like doctors take that original oath that we just discussed from the 1700s on. Um, So for a while, yeah, docs were, swearing to all the gods and goddesses, including Apollo. Um, Now, by the 1900s, the idea that we might need something more modern was starting to Mm -hmm. take root because most people weren't praying to Apollo. Right. By the 1900s. And uh, especially after World War II, the idea of a like a real modern code that was taken more seriously, you can see why all of a sudden that idea might become more important. Uh, Prior to that, this belief that a doctor would use their skills and abilities to intentionally do harm or experiment on humans who were vulnerable, uh, that idea was, I guess, theoretically possible, but wasn't really widely accepted. Mm -hmm. It was kind of just well, of course, a doctor will do the right thing. They're a doctor. After World War II, more and more people realized that, well, no, actually, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or not. All humans are capable of bad things. Uh, and so a code of ethics that doctors should enter into became very important.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: So, uh, so. The World Medical Association actually wrote the Declaration of Geneva. Mm. And it echoed many of the sentiments of the original oath, but it, it took it into like a secular world. No okay. no gods or goddesses. Um oh, it, man. and they didn't <laughs> and they didn't prohibit surgery. Mm. It was just, you know, basically you should follow a this code of like don't do bad things to people, don't intentionally harm people. I won't experiment on people, I won't take advantage of vulnerable populations, I won't discriminate. Against people for race or religion and that seems, kind of thing seems sound, right? So some really basic ideas that made a lot of sense. Um, what's interesting is is uh, a few decades after that, the USSR actually made their own version. Mm-hmm. You can find like the Soviet, and it's it's very similar to this oath from the uh, World Medical Association from the Declaration of Geneva, uh, except that it adds, um, and you can find this where like you get this base oath that everybody takes except for each organization or group or country or time has added their own little spin on I it paprika so they add into it to preserve and develop the noble traditions of soviet medicine to be guided in all my actions by the principles of communist morality and to always bear in mind the high calling of a soviet physician and my responsibility to the people into the soviet state they also add recognizing the danger with nuclear weaponry presents which nuclear weaponry presents for mankind to struggle tirelessly for peace and for the prevention of nuclear war hmm. Which is an interesting thing to throw in a doctor oath.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I
1: would I, I I think I am capable of many things. I don't know that I can prevent nuclear war.
0: Yeah. I don't know what you would if there's a no, I mean, I'm trying to come up with anything.
1: I mean, I would do it if I could. For like, sure. Like, I'm for that. Like, I am anti-nuclear
0: I think we're, war. We're definitely, that is the side that we are both on, I we, feel like.
1: That's something that me and the Soviet doctors who took this oath have in common. I don't know that I could take an oath to do it, because I don't know how I would. But, I mean, if I can. Can I, I'll pledge that. Yeah. If I have the opportunity to prevent nuclear war. You're on it. I will do so. <laughs> I pledge to Apollo. There's
0: got to be more, Sid. There, we got hundreds of years left.
1: Yes, we do. And well, I, I your dozens. Y- you probably want to know, all these oaths that I've mentioned are probably not the ones people are taking today, right? right. So, So we are going to talk about what oaths are doctors taking today. But before we do that, let's go to the billing department. Let's go.
0: The medicines, the medicines that High quality chef crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some southwestern style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl. Is 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 part of my plan? Um, but they got like fancy. Stuff. Listen, to this. What are you going to get? This truffle oh, butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously, from 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 a, a box. Uh, f- and th- the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to Factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off. Uh, so, Sid, we had um, some more. Oaths. Oaths. Well, so, well, I guess different oaths, different permutations of the classic. Yes. The original flavor oath.
1: Uh, so there, there were some who still thought that a more um, thorough, modern oath, thoroughly modern oath, oath. <laughs> was needed.
0: Thoroughly modern oathy. Uh,
1: and so, I want to talk for a moment about Dr. Louis Lasagna.
0: Who? <laughs> Give me a second. I'm okay.
1: I, I, he is no longer with us, and it's a shame because I feel like if Dr. Lasagna was allowed was alive today, he would be a friend of the show. He'd be. I'm a big fan. There are moments when I'm researching this show. Let me give you a little peek behind the curtain. There are moments when I'm researching the show where I start to read about somebody in medical history. And I get this like shiver because I realize that I'm like connecting to them. Like through time, I feel close to them. And like I hope that I'm carrying on some of the principles that this person embodied. I don't know. And I felt this way with Dr. Louis Louis Lasagna. I got I got I'm getting like teary thinking about I it. feel the same way about Dr. Louis Lasagna. <laughs> Are you kidding me with this name? He's he's a great doc just You're listen. tearing up. I am just listen. Just listen. So he, he came from humble beginnings, the son of Italian immigrants. He studied at Columbia. He was fascinated by pharmacology. He went on to teach at Johns Hopkins. And in his more than 50 years in medicine uh, he was, He became a consultant to the FDA um, and a lot of other organizations in the U.S. Basically, to help with the way that we study and develop and regulate drugs, medications. Uh, when when he kind of came onto the scene, it was like it was like the Wild West when it when you introduced a new medication. A pharmaceutical company could just send out samples to some doctors and encourage them to use it. And eventually people would just be using it. And you didn't have to have like randomized control trials to prove that it worked and that it was not dangerous and that it wouldn't, you know, kill half the people who took it and all that. And Dr. Lasagna was one of the people who were saying, listen, there is a way to do this. You know, we can do it scientifically. We can do this in a smart way. We can figure out which medicines work and which medicines don't. And we can give the right ones to people as opposed to just whatever makes a pharmaceutical company money. So... I already, I mean, right? Like, you already like this guy. Yeah. Uh, so that no, no, no,
0: You don't have to sell me on Dr. Louis Lasagna. I was down.
1: <laughs> that is what he dedicated a lot of his life to. He uh, wrote or co-wrote 655 papers. He wrote two very popular books, some other books too, but two very popular. The Doctor's Dilemma and Life, Death, and the Doctor, um, which, by the way, The Doctor's Dilemma, one of the books he wrote. Was uh, here's one description of it: an unusually readable account of the complex development of medical practice from a confusion of superstition and ignorance in its earliest days down to its present. That could be our show, honey.
0: You're right. He was Sawbones he, before he was
1: we Sawbones were. before Sawbones was Sawbones. He uh, talked about like popular alternative medicines and criticized them and why they weren't working and like took him to task. And then he talked about famous quacks.
0: We gotta get this guy on the show.
1: Well, he's not he passed away in two thousand three. But
0: Oh sorry I ruined the end of your story. I I, you I already love, said that. I, love, I know he loved to kill people <laughs> at the end.
1: Anyway, he was he was a he was a good guy. He fought drug companies. He fought their uh, ridiculous advertising claims, he fought the price fixing, he fought hidden drug toxicity, he uh, fought t- to tell doctors how to give appropriate doses. There was a time where if a doctor gave you penicillin and it didn't work for what you had he would just give you more of it,
0: mm.
1: which isn't how
0: it doesn't work that way. Doesn't
1: work that way. <laughs> Higher doses are not always the answer, and often they're not. Uh, so anyway, uh, cool guy. He was also president of the Rochester Orchestra, and he funded a local dance troupe, and he had his own group, his own uh, theater company called the Mighty Lasagna Players, which was oh, that's good, made up of the Department of Pharmacology, Medical and Toxicology students and faculty.
0: Oh, the Mighty Lasagna Players this is my favorite third-wave ska band, hands
1: down. <laughs> and I introduce you to Dr. Lasagna because he wrote a new version of the Oath. And it became pretty popular as the years went on. I thought for a minute this may have been the one that I, I took. But there were some phrases that I feel like I would have remembered. Uh, it First of all, it takes out all of the gods and goddesses. You just swear. To fulfill to
0: to whatever you kind of
1: to whatever you choose to swear to 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 yourself to whatever gods goddesses or not divinities you you know you choose Uh, basically that you're going to do the right thing you're going to use your knowledge to help people. Um, that you are going to, I like this, avoid those twin traps of over-treatment and therapeutic nihilism.
0: Yeah, we could use some of that.
1: I feel like I would have remembered that.
0: Yeah, therapeutic nihilism is very punchy. He
1: he talks about how he'll respect the privacy of his patients, mm-hmm. right? I will not be ashamed to say I know not. Man, that's important. <sighs> that could, that you need to say that once a year in medicine. I think that's an important thing to say. I say it once a day. <laughs> In life, right? Not just yeah. in medicine, and all things. Um, and then he talks about treading carefully in the matters of life and death. Uh, if it is given to me to save a life, all thanks, but it may also be within my power to take a life, this awesome responsibility must be faced with great humbleness and awareness of my own frailty. I must not play at God. Uh, I think that... Um, so, kind of talking to some of the ideas that they previously discussed in the oath, but with more nuance. Yeah, and it's also a little
0: bit more... Um What's the word? Like readable, like prose, prose, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm not good with, I don't know, language stuff.
1: He says, I will remember that I do not treat a fever chart, a cancerous growth, but a sick human being. So he is sort
0: of saying there, if I can right. go inside, uh-huh. what he's yeah. sort of saying there is you treat the disease, you win, you lose. <laughs> you treat the patient, you win every time. The Patch Adams coming to theaters. It did get delayed since the first half of the show. It's now going to be December 2025, but it is going to be all CG. We're taking a lot of extra time, so it's going to be it's going to be a huge flag. Everybody's we may very do excited. It Everybody's very excited. We may break it into a two-parter. That's kind of on the fence. He
1: uh, he mentions that prevention's better than cure. If you can prevent, prevent. Sure. Um, that you're a member of society, you have obligations to society as well, and you know the same kind of stuff. Um, it was updated around the same time period by another doctor, Dr. Louis Weinstein, who also said, and I thought this was a good addition to it as well, I shall have the highest respect for human life and remember that it is wrong to terminate life in certain circumstances, permissible in some, and an act of supreme love in others. Whoa. As, these are some of the things that have been debated over time in the oath. Is, cause what the oath is speaking to are the same issues that are debated over not just in medicine, but in society today. Right. It's
0: trying to solidify an ethical code that is like by its very nature, like sort of in flux, like it's.
1: Right. And, and is also variable depending on the person who is practicing medicine. Um, So, I mean, they're talking about abortion, which we mentioned in the very first oath, but they're also talking about. Euthanasia. Yes. Physician assisted suicide. Um, So all of these things are being kind of rolled into it and depending on who is writing it and who is interpreting it. It's different. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is why you can see where, as I'm going to get into, not everybody even agrees that we should have an oath nowadays in this modern world. There are a lot of doctors who are like, I don't think this is relevant to me whatsoever. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but there is an argument that many make that this whole concept is, is flawed. Um, the one I found, one called An Oath That Bears the Name of Hippocrates.
0: It's a little wordy,
1: which I do think actually may have been the one I took. I um, it's a little more, I do solemnly swear by whatever each of us holds most sacred.
0: Very, very general.
1: Uh, just about being loyal to medicine and lead my life in uprightness and honor. Um, and then the same kind of stuff I will, I won't hurt people, I'll try to help people. I will keep my patients secrets and I will forever be thought of as a jerk. If I don't, I mean, you know, (laughs)
0: that's what it says right there.
1: Kind of a very vague, general thing in the eighties, the AMA, the American medical association introduced a code of ethics, which basically was supposed to replace all these oaths with like a set of rules, a set of statements. These are the ethics of being a doctor. Right. And, Basically, it was you should do things that are in the best interest of your patient, that you should respect their rights and of your colleagues, um, that you should keep learning, keep studying because stuff changes Mm -hmm. uh, and that you shall, you know, take care of people and improve your community. I mean, it's it's very like. That we don't need a we don't need a sacred oath for this. These which are just the, things, the that, things that you do. These are the job requirements. Yeah, you know, um, which should have taken care of it. And that's what a lot of people argued. It's funny because if you look at like in the eighties, mm-hmm. a, a pretty small percentage of medical schools were taking an oath at graduation. Really? Yeah. Like a lot of doctors who graduated back then weren't that just wasn't part of the ceremony. By the year two thousand, almost a hundred percent of U.S. medical schools were taking an oath. That's so interesting. There was a huge shift in that time. Now, what oath were they taking? It varies. A lot of people were taking some version of that original Hippocratic Oath, probably that one I mentioned that I think is the one I took, an oath that bears the name Hippocrates. Mm -hmm. Some people are using the Louis Lasagna Oath. That one was very popular. Um, There are other oaths as well. Uh, The Oath of uh, Maimonides is one that I found was taken a lot by pharmacists, but also by some medical schools. Um, he was a medieval Jewish philosopher who was a preeminent Torah scholar as well and wrote about a lot of different things, medical, legal, ethical, uh, religious, lots of different writings. Um, and there's an oath that it's it's a little uh, shorter and to the point. And it's a lot more calling to a higher power. It's a lot more religiously focused, but the same idea um, and a beautiful oath that you can take. In some medical schools as well, again, about, you know, taking care of people and doing good and not doing it for your own glory, but doing it for the right reasons and that kind of that kind of thing. Um, Although similarly to the oath of Hippocrates, it's question whether Maimonides actually wrote it. It's Mm -hmm. the same idea. You get these. I hope that if anybody ever like. Gives me an oath that I didn't write. I can't imagine that would happen, but I hope if someday there's like the Sydney oath, the oath of Sydney, and it's something that like I didn't actually write, but I'm given credit for it throughout all of human history. I hope it has good stuff in it. Yeah.
0: You think it will at least get capture your essence.
1: I hope so. I hope it's like maybe you can even like say what other people said and just attribute it to me as long as it's good stuff. Yeah. Just like cool. Smart stuff. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> Sydney McElroy. <laughs> um... But uh, in 2019 an updated oath was offered up there um, in conjunction with the World Health Organization with mm. the thought that we need a new oath which is interesting because as I said there are many who think we don't even need an oath at all but the new oath adds the line I will protect the environment which sustains us in the knowledge that the continuing health of ourselves and our societies is dependent on a healthy planet oh, so wow. an updated oath that caused to our personal I guess even as again I would say that if if I as a physician can stop, climate change i am so down for that yeah
0: way into Um, it um
1: but it's interesting because as humans we're all called to do that i think it's all of our responsibility it's interesting that you would put it directly into the oath that a medical student would take um which is why i think you get a lot of controversy around it today do do we need an oath is there any reason what happens if you violate the oath nothing I mean, unless you committed malpractice or like did a crime
0: and you don't really need which to, those take are an bad. Oath to follow the laws because the laws just kind of force you to follow. Them.
1: Right. You have to. Right. Um. By the way, there's a different oath. I didn't know this uh, osteopathic physicians take a different oath, oh, yeah. the osteopathic oath, mm. um, which is similar again, very similar, except it specifically says like you'll. Uh, develop the principles of osteopathy so like it you know specifically mentions osteopathy yeah. and there are different oaths throughout the world there's a Buddhist medical doctor's oath uh, the Vejavattapada the 17 rules of Langja, which is for um, which is a Japanese traditional oath for Japanese medical students to take there's the oath of asaf which is a code of conduct for Jewish physicians um, there's a nursing code, oh. the Nightingale Pledge Again, been updated over the years, but originally from Florence Nightingale. Uh, Do we need one? Do we need an oath? I mean, that's the question, right?
0: uh, Well, it's nice.
1: I think it's nice to take an oath. It's a
0: nice sort of like, you know, thing that says I'm a doctor now. It's part of like the, the... you know, the ceremony, if it nothing is, else. It is
1: a very meaningful moment in the ceremony, even though I, I say that, but I don't remember which one I took. Right. I remember that it, there was a moment where they say, it is now time to take the Hippocratic Oath. I remember like feeling the gravity of what I was taking I, on. I think in anything that, that
0: imbues medical students, you know, soon to be doctors with like the sense of gravity of what they're doing. I think is a positive. Um, I do have a question for you, Sydney. Yeah. We talked about this in this entire episode. I didn't hear you say first do no harm. Is that like, I know that the spirit of that has been in some of them, but is that not part of the Hippocratic It is not. Oath?
1: That was a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. Cause that was one thing I meant to address. It's not part of the oath it is commonly, it's a common misconception uh, in another of his writings. Hippocrates wrote first do no harm that the primary well the way he wrote it was the primary tenets of a physician are to do no harm and do good mm. so non malfeasance and benevolence um, which are two of the uh, core medical ethics that we're taught um, do no harm and do good things. But it is not in the oath. The oath hmm. speaks to that, I think, for sure. But when sure. people say it's from the Hippocratic Oath, that's actually not true. Interesting. Premium non nocere is not in there. Yeah,
0: Another wrinkle for your noggin.
1: Yeah. But um, but yeah, that, so that's the question today. A lot of doctors will argue that it's sort of redundant. If you practice good medicine, then you will, by default, follow the tenets of the oath. And so I why are compelling argument against it, though? Uh, I mean, I I don't I I for me, it's the same idea as like an equal rights amendment. People will argue, well, we don't need it. It's redundant. Well, I would say that we do need it on one hand from a very like practical, like just because something is written into law doesn't mean it is always true. Um, anything that reminds us and re-solidifies the concept that humans are humans and should be treated as such is important. And likewise, anything that reminds physicians that the stuff you're doing is um, the the power that you have, (laughs) the skills that you've learned, the knowledge that you have can be used for great good, but also can be used and has been used throughout history for terrible evil. Mm -hmm. And so you should you should use that knowledge with the utmost respect and humility and you should treat other humans with the utmost respect and humility. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it when they say like I will not play at God, that sounds like a like a joke, like a stereotype, like oh, you know how doctors are, they're yeah. playing God whatever. It it's really important the knowledge that you have about other people's bodies based on your ability to interpret information because of the stuff you were taught. Mm-hmm. It gives you a knowledge and a power that the person sitting across from you might not have. Mm. And you should constantly be aware of that and constantly be seeking to balance that out by giving that information, teaching people, helping people, humbling yourself to other people. Um, I do think that there is something about it that is. That calls to more than just a job. I don't know. That's my that's my opinion. I know anything can go beyond being what it is as a job to something greater. But I think that as a physician, you have to understand that and respect it or otherwise you'll hurt people or you won't, or you just, you might not hurt people. but You won't do a very good job.
0: Uh, we will now take the sawbones oath. Uh, I will to the best of my ability, rate, review and subscribe to the podcast <laughs> sawbones. I recognize that all uh, ratings and reviews and subscriptions help out this podcast, which is free. Uh, We've got a new uh, Sawbones merchandise. If you head on over to McElroyMerch.com or uh, McElroy.Family and click on the merch link, you're going to find this new. uh, First off, we got a Provax pin designed by Megan Cott. All the uh, proceeds from that are going to go to the Immunization Action Coalition. Immunization Action Coalition. Mm -hmm. There we go. Got it. Uh, that's a group that's helping to well, just what it says, to, to remind people that vaccines are great. Mm. Uh, so
1: spread, it, spread, correct information about the importance of vaccines.
0: Yes, that is a wonderful group, and we are so happy to support them with. Uh, we did with our vaccine shirts, which are still available, and the ProVax pin. We've also got a cure alls, cure nothing uh, t shirt now that is available in the store, and uh, you can go get it right this second. I think it's really cool what else thanks to the taxpayers for the use of our medicines as the intro and outro of our program and thanks to you for listening thank you until next time my name is Justin McElroy
1: I'm Sydney McElroy
0: and as always don't drill a hole in your head .org. Comedy and culture, artist-owned, audience-supported. <sighs> There's nothing quite like sailing in the calm international waters on my ship, the SS Biopic.
1: Avast! It's actually pronounced biopic.
0: No, you dingus! It's biopic.
1: Who the hell says that? It's biopic
0: because it's the words for bi- biography biology. and picture. If you all right, that is enough. Ahoy! I'm Dave Holmes. I am the host of the rebooted podcast formerly known as International Waters, designed to resolve petty but persistent arguments like this. How? By pitting two teams of opinionated comedians against each other with trivia and improv games, of course. Winner takes home the right to be right. What podcast
1: be this? It's called Troubled Waters, where we disagree to disagree!